Hi, everyone. My name is Shannon Calder, licensed therapist, and I'm joined by Dr. Kathy Barrett, forensic psychologist. We talk about all topics from a psychological perspective. Welcome to Terror Talk. Hi, everyone. This is Terror Talk with Shannon and Kathy. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And scene. Um, so today on the show, we are going, this is our show about horror in 2020 so far. Some things we hated, some things we're really digging, and whatever else we want to talk about. But we wanted to do a mid-year kind of how's it going with the horror movie from 2020. We talk about a lot of old stuff, and we talk about a lot of stuff from the last decade that we've watched, but we're, we tried to get ourselves a little bit current with what's going on in 2020. <clears throat> Obviously, there's just no way to watch it all. but So I imagine we watched, maybe we watched some different stuff. So that'll be interesting. Um, the way that we're going to do this is that Kathy is going to launch all of her thoughts and feelings. And then, and then I will go and we will talk with each other about both. Excellent. That's what we're doing. So how would you like to start with your 2020 and how it's going so far? In well, I, I mean, I haven't watched nearly as many as you have. So I am really praying that that's the problem I'm having is maybe I'm, is my selection. But I will say that even, because, you know, we have a, a limited time. Yeah, you bet. To that's part of the problem. <laughs> watch a bunch of these because, you know, we... Shannon and I have a schedule to keep things much easier. So it's like, okay, we'll do this. And we each have two or three jobs each. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this so, is, Shannon texted me the other day. She goes, you know, our third job is horror. And it really is. <laughs> like I've watched so much horror, which is interesting because now as much as I love horror, part of our work in doing this podcast is really, really, you know, also being, critics yeah yeah talking about like psychological critics really psychological critics of <laughs> horror and so i think that for me i don't know how much of this has to do with i'm noticing the genre getting further away from what i love i don't know if it's that i don't know if it's more reality based which is not all bad because i love psychological thrillers but sometimes i feel like i'm not really sure what genre i'm watching where and being a child of the 80s it was really clear when you were watching a horror film and clearly there's a difference between psychological horror psychological thriller horror slasher we understand there's all these different genres but what i will say is i haven't felt this way about the other 2000s um and we've been limited without you know also another thing that we do is we go to the theater a lot when we see these movies so that does change the way that we feel. Yeah, and there's been watching. a lot of movies that have been postponed. So a lot of the things yeah. we we're looking forward to aren't coming out till hopefully exactly. later this year. So yeah. Like I, I'm 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 giving Candyman a Hail Mary. I'm hoping that it it because I'm really excited for that one. So I'm hoping that one's really oh, great. There's there's I mean we can talk about it at the end. Yeah. Like there's several I'm still excited for. <laughs> and then there were a couple that I the two that I didn't get around to that I wanted to watch, but again, when I watched the trailers and I watched the reviews, I'm like, I'm still I had a hard time going, ooh, I want to watch that, with the exception of two, and I'll get to those. So the two that I didn't get to is The Turning, which is a, a remake of The Turn of the Screw, which is a very old film. And then um 
Gretel and Hansel, I didn't get to. And uh, did you see that one? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll, I want to hear what you thought of it because it got really mixed reviews. So this is what I think so far of this decade. I feel like it's a lot of great performances going nowhere in these films. I think it's a lot of wasted roles, a lot of really good actors. I think there's a lot of really great performances in dead movies. Mm. Um, so some of the stuff that came up for me when I was watching it was derivative. It's a derivative of stuff that's been done, which is mm -hmm. partially because we've seen so much horror yeah. and we've seen a lot of remakes. And I, I sometimes I, I get into these films and I go, oh God, here we go again. <laughs> um, it's going nowhere. One comment is, huh? Like, what did I just watch? Last 10 minutes were okay. Dreadful, I'm done. <laughs> and then please help this year, even the horror is bad. Okay, so these are some of the things. And, you know, I saw Underwater. I'm going to go there in a minute. And the best thing I had to say about that is, Kristen Stewart looked great and I love her as an actress. So for me to just comment on how she looked is not usually what I, I mean, she's nice to look at, but I usually really like loved panic room. I love, I usually love the stuff that she does at least like the sleeper hits. I don't know if I'm really going to look at her performance in twilight as much as those are fun movies and go, that was a brilliant performance. But I think in a lot of the movies she does, I really show up for her performance. The movie was so terrible I, I had to just like go, okay, there's this alien right out the gate. They, they, they don't bury the lead. I mean, it's just, it's just so much going on. You had said this when we talked about it before. It's a derivative of all these different alien films. There's no opportunity to get the characters. And at the end, when these two characters survive, and it's supposed to be this really emotional moment where you're going, oh, thank God they made it. You're like, I don't even fucking know who you are. You don't give a shit. I don't care. I don't even care if she lives or dies. And she's the main character. Yep. So I was sitting, I was angry. Not angry, that's dramatic. But I was I was upset because I'm like, here's this big budgeted film, probably costs a lot of money to make. It was a complete disaster. It was so boring. And I've already told you that um, I'm not, if it's a sci-fi horror, if it's really good, I'm totally invested. And we talked about comparing it to Alien, which no film ever should be because that's just a standalone, one of the best films ever made. But you know that they're you pulling- you can see they were trying to do yeah, Alien the, Underwater. Leviathan, it was like a Leviathan, which was a great movie. So I was just so, ugh. It was like two and a half hours of the I same <laughs> scene over and over and over. You could bear, and then you could barely, and I have a big, I have a 65 inch TV and I'm going, is that an alien? What am I looking at? It was shot terribly. Yeah, there was just, I think I mentioned it when I talked about it on one of our older shrink chats, but there was just that one shot I really liked in the beginning when they just had it like, it's the picture that I've, I've posted the picture before. There's this just shot of this like alien with its mouth on her head or whatever. And the promo shot of that is so awesome looking. Yes. But the rest of the movie, when they show the alien, it's like, huh. Okay. Just, and then she's just sliding around, banging her head on stuff and <laughs> yelling at all these people we don't care about to like get into the, Parts yeah. of the ship, I, yeah. I just, you, I was so incredibly distracted by my work watching. I'm like, I'd rather actually do my syllabus right now. Yeah, than... I'd rather work. Um, I think one of the, listening to you talk about, I think one of the big problems is that 
the one of the many great things about Alien and one of the many great things about any great movie is that there's an act one where you yeah. develop characters. That's the point of act one is you get to see the person's uh, normal world. You get to see the world they're transported to. You get to see their dilemma, their conflicts, all of that stuff. That's like set up and Alien does an amazing job of that, establishing all the characters. In Underwater... Literally within the first 45 seconds of the movie, practically, at least the first five minutes, you're in the crisis. Yeah. Like you're in the action immediately. And so you don't know what the hell's happening. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's like, you know what it feels like? You stepped into the middle of a movie and you're like, yeah. can we go back to the beginning? I didn't see. No, this is the beginning. Huh? It totally does. When she first, the first, literally the first two minutes, she... She hears the sounds. She's like, huh, what the hell is that? She's like about to take a shower. It's really quiet. She's under the earth, obviously. <laughs> She's under the water, very deep in the water. And she hears these sounds. And I think, okay, we're going to have like 20 minutes of where there's like this tension of what the heck is going to happen. And we get to know the characters. No, the thing just freaking explodes in the first five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's Wait, what? I'm like, sorry. I felt like I missed something and I actually went back. I was like, <laughs> wait, did, did I did miss the first the 20 minutes of the movie? <laughs> well, and so I, I, I watch a lot of these through voodoo, you know, the, the, yeah. the app. Yeah. And so it, it allows you to rate the movie at the end. Oh, oh no. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think the worst rating I gave, it was either a half a star or one star. I think I gave this one one star. Yeah. Um, Cause production values were good. Yeah, <laughs> she was okay. She was cute. She was good. You <laughs> know, she, she worked with, I mean, she did well with what she had to work with. Yeah, I mean, she worked. She did her job. Yeah. Um, so that's how I feel about that one. Mm -hmm. Then I watched another one that got four and a half out of 10 stars. That's way generous. I may have given this one a half. Um, I watched it because I like Jason Patrick and I thought he'd be a bigger part of it, but he was in it for like five minutes. Mm. Um, it's called Becoming. Okay, it's a supernatural thriller. A couple, a couple, a couple, a couple <laughs> newly engaged and deeply in love. While on a road trip, they encounter an ancient evil force that chooses Alex as its new host. Alex is the boyfriend, and begins to slowly take over his mind and body, gradually transforming him <laughs> into someone terrifying and violent. The changes are small at first. His handwriting. I love body your language. I love your condescending, like, announcer voice. <laughs> As Alex struggles with the horror of losing his identity, which you don't even really see the horror of that. He just kind of turns into it. Again, it's just so abrupt. Lisa notices the shifts in the man she thought she loved. Is he falling out of love with her, or is it something far, far worse? Lisa tracks down Kevin. Oh, Kevin, Jason Patrick, who has like 10 minutes. Mm. A damaged survivor of the entity who has dedicated his life to defeating it. Together they must outwit an indestructible malevolence that doesn't want to destroy Alex. It wants to be him. Okay, so here we have this um, supernatural, the guy's the host. He then becomes this macho, abusive dude, and she's trying to rescue him from that, but also trying to be strong and assertive and saying, I'm going to leave you because you're mean to me. And he's like, but I love you. Give me another chance. And she goes, okay. And then they try to work it out and he becomes more and more evil. And I don't even think I finished it. It was so terrible. Mm. Um, again, I'm just like, I'm bored. I'm bored by you. There's no, the, the story doesn't, 
it's so anticlimactic. It's so all over the place. Then this one friend steps in that he gets jealous of, and there's too many like love story tropes in this supernatural. F- it's just bad. I haven't seen that one, it's so I can't boring. comment. It's but I believe boring. you. It's boring. It's so boring. I couldn't get through <laughs> it. So that was number two, and I went okay. Voodoo, I want my money back. <laughs> so give that one a half a star or one star. So this okay. is, you know, so these, again, it's just, it's just kind of going nowhere movies, but some of the performances were good. So it's like these actors who really put a lot into these roles, but these movies going nowhere. Okay. Um, and then the, the third one I want to talk about is, uh, was decent, but still kind of like, I think I may have given this one two stars. So this was Ooh. called the. <laughs> this one's called the Lodge. It's actually a Sundance film. Yeah, we talked. We've talked about it. Before. Have we? Okay. I mean, maybe I've it was that it unforgettable. Um, so I I talked about it. Did you like it? I did. Okay. I thought it was okay. I th- again, I thought the performances were good. It's a soon-to-be stepmom is Snowden with her fiance's two children in a remote holiday village. Just as relations begin to thaw between the trio, some strange and frightening events take place. I do think moments of this were really creepy. Um, by the way, all of these kids from the new movie It are in all these horror films now. I he's know. In it and and the kid in The Turning. I know. From Stranger Things, yep. he's in that. So it's kind of cool to see that. So the actors were great. I like both of those kids a lot. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Um, I think there were elements of the story that really worked and I thought they were good, but I felt like it could have ended a half hour earlier. I think the end completely dragged on. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden she goes into this really weird sort of, you know, cultish spiritual possession hypnosis where she's the it's a purgatory movie it's a religious movie but it has a lot of different other themes and elements that's that have been done before but i think i think that it it was enough to keep my attention at least after seeing all this other crap Mm -hmm. i was like okay this wasn't bad i wasn't in love with it but again i didn't feel really oh like watching the babadook Oh, yeah, no. I mean, when I talked about this movie, I talked about how it was uh, deeply psychological Mm -hmm. and how, um, you know, there were all these questions in it about uh, um, grief and also about mental illness um, because there's this kind of question of whether or not she's, you know, possessed or crazy, which is often a question that we get to ask, but it's done in like a sort of a unique way. It's a dark movie it's very dark it's it doesn't end well it doesn't yeah. it's it's super dark there's a couple of twists of course um but i agree that there was uh and when of, i when kind I, of after they rip the band-aid mm, it does feel like like come on there's the slowing down of things that don't progress the story so i would have liked another couple beats in there. me too i think that's what was missing for me because i think it started off strong yeah the purgatory piece too to your point is um it was either a mental or spiritual purgatory but it's that idea of being stuck mm-hmm. um and i i thought that was clever because like you said you don't really know exactly yeah what the purgatory stands for so that was like you know Okay, we're getting better. And then the two that I'm going to just mention really quickly and we'll get to you is, and I've sa- I have said this in another episode, Elizabeth Moss, just straight out the gate, 2020, she's owning it. Yeah. Um. So we talked about Invisible Man. We had a whole episode on it, so I'm not really going to get right. into it. Yeah. But I just think 
that was an amazing performance. It's it's an incredible film because I think people see it and they go, oh, is this about the original Universal Horror? No, <laughs> it's about an abusive relationship and she was fantastic. And then the other film that I watched, also Sundance, was uh, Shirley. It's great, I watched oh, it too. Oh man, I mean, I can tell you that watching her in that role was so... Um, she was great. So uncomfortable because she's that good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it's listed as a 2019, but it falls in 2020. No, it's a, yeah, it's a 2020. Okay. I mean, a lot of these movies, like if you look up the lodge, it'll say 2019 oh, here, as well. 2020. But um, some of the movies will get like a film festival or in 2019, but the release, the full release was in 2020 to the general public. So that's why you sometimes you get like two dates. Yeah. So her her um, performance is unbelievable. The theme of the movie is unbelievable. So she's a famous horror writer, finds inspiration for her next book after she and her husband take in a young couple. And a lo- there's a lot of themes around um, just repression or oppression, excuse me, um, specifically, you know, what it's like to be a woman mm-hmm. um, and a woman in this culture. Because this is supposed to be, it's what year does this take place in? I don't know. I mean, it's not, you know, she's a horror writer. Uh, just so you guys know, it's not a horror movie. So if you want to go see it, like, and you don't like horror movies, but you still listen to us. <laughs> but there's a real psychological element yeah. to this film. It's considered a drama, but like, mm-hmm. it doesn't have the horror elements no. that a horror fan is going to, I just want to be like yeah. clear about that. She happens to be a horror writer, but it doesn't go in that direction. It's right. very realistically based about, you know, her. it's a biopic of Shirley Jackson. Um she, but, but watching her, I mean, she's terrifying to watch. She, she is. I think, she's creepy. I think one of the things I uh, appreciate about Elizabeth Moss too, is she isn't afraid <laughs> to get gritty, ugly. Yeah. I mean, she looks awful in this movie mm-hmm. and it's all on, on purpose. Um, I, I thought it was really a great film. I liked it too. So it so. sounds to me like the best movies, the best movie in the horror genre for you was the invisible man this year so far. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. I mean, yeah. it's it's top two on pretty much every so, list. You yeah, see. so far <laughs> that's that's my choice. But I'm curious to hear about. We don't have a lot to choose from. <laughs> no, I'm curious to hear what you thought about Gretel and Hansel, though. Yeah, so I can start with that. Let me just skip to my because she's in it too. Let me just skip to my newts on that newts, uh, which I think is hysterical. She's in uh, the girl in it. Right. So, Gretel and Hansel. 2020. Um, right. So, a long time ago in a distant fairy tale countryside, <laughs> a young girl leads her little brother into a dark wood in desperate search of food and work, only to stumble upon a nexus of terrifying evil. So, if you know the fairy tale, then you have some idea of what's going on here. So because it's a fairy tale, I will say that you have to be willing to know that there's an assumption, I guess, a little bit that, you know, it's sort of mythological or fairy tale like it's not like based in we went to the store and then we went to the, you know, it's not based in sort of everyday banal worlds. It's based in a a woods, basically, and in this house that they go to. Uh, so what I would say about it is that I liked it. Now, I know this is a controversial opinion. <laughs> Sometimes 
you watch movies and you don't always know exactly what's happening because it's not exactly linear or you don't exactly get what you wanted necessarily in an ending. It's not fully explained. It's not black and white. (laughs) It's not black and white. You don't get the like beginning. No, it's not quite that weird. (laughs) No, I'm just saying like it's not. (laughs) But I hear you. You don't know the ending. (laughs) You know, the begin. there is a beginning, middle and end. There's um, whatever. I wouldn't go from the trailer because I think that's where the movie went a little bit wrong in the sense that the trailer shows one of the like only kind of creepy things <laughs> because mostly the creepiness is tone. And I think what I'm realizing in, in our experience with terror talk and watching all these movies over the last couple of years is that I am a huge fan of like environment and tone. So like if you, if you set a movie where, you know, I'm creepy, it's creepy. And that makes sense to me. It's like alien, the exorcist, all of my origin movies, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, all have that. They all have that quiet, Mm -hmm. creepy tension, where you're like waiting. Ominous. Yeah. And then good performances. I thought there were good performances in this too. So I liked it because of that. Um, the ending goes awry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm okay with that. Whatever. Like I, there are a lot of movies that I would say, oh, this is such a great movie. Just, you, you know, just like, don't worry about the last 10 minutes. <laughs> because sticking an ending for me is pretty rare. Like sticking an ending for especially a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, in a lot of genres, it's easier. I mean, sticking the ending of a drama, in my opinion, from a writing standpoint, you've got a lot more to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, but sticking the ending of a horror, for me, it's actually not a bottom line. <laughs> Let's put it that way. I don't need the ending to stick for it to be a good movie for me. If you notice it too, uh, at least this is my experiences a lot of horror movies i don't necessarily remember the ending because mm-hmm. they're not as important yeah that might very well be depending on this the type of horror movie if we're looking at like silence of the lambs it is but that's more of a sure th- that's more a of a drama thriller. yeah more of a thriller but if you're looking at like straight up horror oh I, I mean yeah i have to think back how did that you know if you think about all the different halloweens yes exactly hello and, and many of them are really good i don't remember how most of them end no because it just doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's he comes t- back anyway. It's totally about spending time with mm. that. It's about characters. being in that fear too. Yep, and being in the world, right? So world building. And I thought they did really well. Um, I liked the world building. I liked a lot of the suspense. Um, was it the best movie ever? Absolutely not. But I felt like there were. It was interesting to me. It held my attention. And I really liked the tone. I mean, you know, again, not my favorite movie, not the best movie ever. uh, But I thought it was a strong effort to, you know, show us that fairy tale in a way. Um, So anyway, that's what I thought. Uh, I liked the platform we've talked about before. Um... I really enjoyed that movie. That's another movie where it'll say like 2019, 2020. Nobody knows when it freaking came out. Um, uh, Invisible Man, obviously. I did enjoy a lot. Parts of the Lodge, that was another thing that was really atmospheric for me. 
Um, I liked Gretel and Hansel better, but then I also like fairy tales. Mm -hmm. um, And I like mythological uh, representations in films. So Mm -hmm. that also might be why a lot of the general public maybe doesn't (laughs) like the movie is... You know, it, it's got terrible audience scores. It's got terrible critic scores. Gretel and Hansel? Hansel, yeah. What about The Lodge? What kind of, what were the ratings on that, you know? Because there were elements, like I said, that I, I really appreciated. It was very atmospheric. It mm-hmm. was very, it was shot very well. The The performances were good, but that I think just what we were I'm talking gonna about. I'm going to guess low because of the, like, really rotten ending. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know what the reviews were like. Um, okay, so I'm trying to pick which one I want to talk about next. I am leaning towards just talking about two movies that I really enjoyed. So, and one of them is a movie called Relic. Now... Mm. I am not sure. Relic is supposed to come out on July 10th. So we are pre-recording this episode. So it may be out as you're listening to this. I am unsure of that. Did you see this at Sundance? But I saw this at Sundance and I can tell you it's a good movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this is another one of those movies where... I think like a lot of Sundance movies, but also like a lot of horror movies, the psychology of the ending is multi-layered. So that's what I will say. If you take things at face value in these kinds of movies, I think you lose a lot of like what you could get out of them. So I'll just say that it's unique. However, for the other, however long this movie is hour and a half or whatever, it's an excellent horror movie. <laughs> okay. It's got, it's scary. It's tense. I feel like I've heard of this movie. You kind before. of don't know what's happening. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. Okay. So when Edna, the elderly, and w- I talked about this because I talked about how I tend to enjoy the trope of the older female who is kind of spooky or scary. Ooh, this looks scary. When Edna, the elderly and widowed matriarch of the family, goes missing, her daughter Kay, yay, love it, and granddaughter Sam travel to their remote family home to find her. Soon after her return, because she comes back, they start to discover a sinister presence haunting the house and taking control of Edna. Now, y'all know I like a good possession movie. Yeah. (laughs) Y'all know I like a good house movie. (laughs) House plus possession plus excellent acting by Emily Mortimer. Thank you very much. And Robin Nevin plays the older woman and Bella Heathcote plays the young, the young lady, young ladder. So there's three generations. It takes its time. This movie definitely takes its time, but then like a good movie, when it gets rolling, you're just like rolling through the, holy shit, what's happening? So it's pretty pretty chilling. Okay. And stylish and well-made and well-crafted and well-acted. Um, Any chance does Bella Heathcote play Emily Mortimer's daughter? Yes. Yeah, because they look, they look very similar. In some, yeah, she's some the pictures. granddaughter, so it's three generations. Okay. Yeah, it's three generations. Also, they're all three there. And um, I was thinking of the old, when you first said the movie, I was thinking of the 1997 The Relic, which is a very different movie. Oh, but yeah, that's totally. I, 
heard that before. Yeah, this is new. Um, there's actually a very interesting conversation we could have um, if and when you see it in a few months. Um, we can chat about it on Shrink Chat um, to follow up. Uh, because there is an interesting conversation to sort of have around grief and mourning that's in this movie that I, so I went to Sundance and I saw it. And then afterwards there was a Q and a um, with them. And that's where I sort of learned what, and it's a female filmmaker too. So female driven mm-hmm. piece of art, which we dig. Um, I learned a little bit more about, what and so that sometimes you know when you watch a movie and then you hear them you know you I I go to a lot of Q and A's you know so it's like when you hear them talk about it it really informs the mm-hmm. your your how it affects you mm-hmm. so I am very aware that like if I go see in a movie in a bad mood <laughs> and it's not awesome <laughs> and changes my mood then I'm gonna think it sucks a little bit more right. than you know. But um, so this was interesting. So Relic is one that I would say is one of my top ones for this year. I also saw a movie called Blood Quantum. Totally different kind of movie. Not, you know, exceptional, exceptional, like what I was just talking about with Relic. Um, It's on Shudder, but I actually really liked it. It's an indigenous zombie movie. So it's all Native Americans based. Blood what? Quantum. Blood Quantum. Um, and again, it was 2019 at the Toronto International Film Festival, but it was, I think it was released on Shudder in 2020. So that's why you see these, like, it's a, it's a zombie apocalypse movie. Mm, I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it's all Native American, it's indigenous. It was, Mm -hmm. uh, it's the largest ever production budget for an indigenous film in Canada. Yeah. They had $4.5 million to make it. So it's got some scrap, uh, and I enjoyed it. It engaged me. Uh, I find sometimes these movies are super brutal and I have to put my like hands up over my face sometimes because, and the reason why I have to do that is because I care about the freaking character. Right. And that's when it's good. <laughs> and that's when it's good. So I know if the, I'm like, okay, I'm pausing, going to the bathroom because this person's going to die a horrible death and I actually like them and I'm pissed off about it. I'm going to take a moment. That was like, I think one of the reasons the series Walking Dead was so good. Oh my god, the first season of Walking Dead. I I still won't rewatch the first season of The Walking Dead, even though I know what happens. Yeah. The and first the first go ahead. 3. I was just going to say the first 3 seasons really captured. I mean they were, it was good after that, but those 3 seasons. Oh, that's that's what I think about most television shows. The first 3 seasons are great that that is literally what i say about most television shows that go on forever is that the free first three are that's like what i appreciated about our friend uh fleabag yeah she stopped it after she, i think it was two seasons she goes i know that it's it's good and i know that if i were to do another season it would be beat me like just pushing it out because people want one yeah it just didn't feel she right. just knew that that was the best time to let it let it be those two really great seasons and be done. Yeah, that's how I feel about a show called a Saving Grace with Holly Hunter. Mm-hmm. It's one of my show. one of my very favorite shows Hunter. of all time, actually, and I've rewatched it many, many times. Fun fact, but yeah, Fleabag is was good. Okay, and then 
I wanted to mention... I, I just have, noticed all the the naked duds sitting on your... I got naked duds to get to, so let's keep this moving, people. Okay. <laughs> um, I watched a movie called Becky, hmm. which is new. just came out in June. And I liked Becky a lot. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. It's also, you know, got marginal reviews or whatever, but, you know... It doesn't quite sustain the intensity that you really want for it to sustain in order to fully fulfill, you know, your needs and wants from this movie. So it's not exactly perfect, like most movies are not. I almost watched this. I enjoyed it. So spunky and rebellious Becky is brought to a weekend getaway at a lake house by her father, who is played by Joel McHale, if you like him, I do. But this is a serious role. He's usually funny. In an effort to reconnect, the trip immediately takes a turn for the worse when a group of convicts on the run, led by the merciless Dominic, who is played by Kevin James. We have comedians playing very serious parts. Kevin James is a very bad man in this movie. Um, They invade the lake house. And so it's a home invasion film, but Becky is the star of this movie and she is a teenager. So just take that into your pants and think about it. I don't know. Stuff it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I was saying there. I don't know where you were going with that. But I, uh, so this is one of those movies that's entertaining and it's mostly entertaining because Becky is the hero. And so it's a little girl with a lot of rage and she uses that rage to do bad things to bad people. Here's a review. (laughs) This movie was a waste. I think it sounds like I wrote this review. (laughs) This movie was a waste of 90 minutes, makes zero sense in any way and a completely unsatisfying ending. And then somebody else said it went too far. Oh yeah. I don't know. It's I almost watched, I almost watched this one, but I had to pick and choose and I picked some really bad ones. Yeah, I mean, Kevin James, I thought was convincing as a... I like him. ...neo-Nazi bad guy. Um, I kind of didn't nice recognize guy. him. <laughs> had to look yeah. up who... I'm like, wait, that's Kevin James. Oh, my God. Just because the casting was so... This is one of those movies that I just watched without knowing anything about it, this, this, which sorry, is super fun. This is why Chris said the other day, he's like, Paul Bart's player, Blart or whatever, is <laughs> playing a villain? <laughs> Mall cop? <laughs> Mall now I know what playing. he was talking about. Now you know I, what he's talking, the film about. He was talking oh, about. Oh, that's funny. I didn't even remember he, he said, said that. that when I was here last. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> that's my guy. Pretty funny. So I would say Becky's pretty good. Uh, I agree with you on Underwater. I've seen Fantasy Island. I've seen The Turning, Color Out of Space. Uh, there was another movie called Run, Sweetheart Run that I saw at Sundance that I really enjoyed, but... Mm, I don't know. It's already out. I have a feeling people aren't going to really want to, aren't really going to like it, but I, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, there was another movie called Amulet that hopefully will come out that is very dark and very interesting and well-made, but I'm not sure it will get any traction. So I would say, you know, again, like I completely agree. It's sort of slim pickings. Yeah. There are about 20 movies that have are on, like when I was researching, there are about 20 movies that I read about on other people's lists that are getting some traction, but I really feel like because there's so much that didn't come out, mm-hmm. you know, some smaller movies like a blood quantum or something have an, a chance to right. get a, some attention, which I think is great. Right. Um, 
And the turning... How was it? Was terrible. Okay, I'm glad I didn't go to that one then. When I saw the... Uh, In my opinion. ...trailer, <laughs> that was my thought. The only reason why I had, I had maybe even thought about watching it is because... Well, it's Joe, gotten a lot of buzz, well, too. Well, Joe... What's, what's our friend, Joe Bob Briggs? Joe Bob Briggs. He was talking about how it was a remake of... Yes. The Turn of the Screw, and he was talking about that film. For, and I was like a good movie with, you know, yeah, really that's why, messed I mean, up I watched kids. It. I, that's why I watched it. And um, yeah. I mean, were there scary moments? Absolutely. Were there um, scares? Kind of. Were there some good performances? Yes. You know, it's all the things we're kind of talking about where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, there are some good things about it. The production qualities are great. Some The performances are, like you said, performances are good. All the performances in the lodge were great. Mm-hmm. But that's, uh, like, I'm not going to keep going back to that, but that's what I, w- I meant at the very beginning, which was I felt like a lot of these really good performances were falling on just Dead moments, no pun intended. I mean, I like to watch movies that people say aren't good, like Gretel and Hansel or what have you, Mm -hmm. because I like to form my own opinion. Um, But I will say that the the turning got a 15% audience score. Maybe you should watch Brain Damage then, the one that I (laughs) talked about. I'm going to leave that to you. I'm going to call it. I already left it. I'm going to call it done. I mean, unless Joe Bob shows it on his show one day. He'd have a, a field day with that. Then I would enjoy that. Actually, he's way too intelligent and profound and articulate to even waste his time. <laughs> Although he'd probably make it sound a lot funny. Well, I mean, we'd he, learn something about it. He <laughs> would, and he would he would be entertaining about and very descriptive in the way he talked about yeah, it. Yeah, because they, they show some bad movies sometimes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Show. <laughs> but he's so. just such a great commentator. Yeah, he's amazing. All right. Well, I believe that's all I've got. There, so, oh, we were going to talk about movies we're looking forward to, and that'll wrap it up. So Candyman, we yeah. are obviously um, looking forward to. Nia DaCosta directing, Jordan Peele writing. I mean, like, come on. Mm-hmm. Um, I am also looking forward to Halloween Kills. Oh. So I'm like, don't cannot, forget about Halloween I Kills, Kathy. Wait. I keep forgetting it's, yeah. it's coming. It's coming. We'll be able to go to the theater for oh, that one. please let it be true. Um. Please, everybody wear your mask so that we don't have a second wave in October so we can go to the movies. Okay. Uh, I am looking forward to A Quiet Place 2. I hear it goes in a different direction. I'm hopeful. I don't know. There's a movie called Antlers that was supposed to come out. And there's also a movie called Antebellum that was supposed to come out. And I am looking forward to all of those. Uh, Antebellum, I I think I... Saw that one as well, and it looks really good. Yeah. So those are the ones I... There's tons of stuff that's supposed to be coming out, but those I would say those are my... It's kind of like there's a bazillion movies in 2020 that I've watched, but I only mentioned a handful because I thought they were... They're ones that are getting like a lot of watchable time, and some of them suck, but some of them are good too. So, yeah. So Halloween and Candyman are kind of your two that you're looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that all you got? That's all. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I like it to just go silent. Yeah, Antebellum. A successful author finds herself in a horrifying reality and must figure out the mystery behind it before it's too late. It kind of sounds like Marianne. 
Oh, yeah. And you know what? Marianne did not get a second season. That doesn't surprise me. Me neither. But it was so good. Yeah, at its moments. I liked it. Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, it scared me. No, it was scary. It was scary. And that old lady was... It scared me. She Yikes. scared me. That, Like I said, the old lady trope, It's it, it works for me. It does. Thank you so much for listening. Kathy, thank you so much for talking. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna- wow, that's the first time anyone's thanked me for talking. <laughs> Usually it's like, Kathy, thank you. You've talked enough. <laughs> We're good. We're good. Shut it down. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to go have some duds. So thank you so much for listening. This is Terror Talk. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Terror Talk. If you enjoyed this show, there are two things you could do for us. Subscribing and sharing our episodes on social media, as well as writing a review on iTunes. Plus, you could check out our Patreon page. Don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and of Shrink Chat every Friday. Until then, goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow.